we invite you now to join our conversation, an instrument of healing as we share how each of us can grow through times of illness, grief, and loss. Our wish is through these words you will discover a healing community that promotes insight, reignites hope, and nurtures peace. Welcome. Welcome, Kelly Grosslogs. How are you? I'm good. How are you today? I'm good. You've got this fun smile on your face. <laughs> it might be like podcast craze. Yeah, why is that? Because we've been busy today. Yeah, we've been busy. Amazing, amazing podcast with and talking to different people. It's yeah. just been such an honor. Such an honor. And you know, the one that we're introducing right now is kind of unique because I don't think either one of us can really identify with it. Mm-mm. No. So today we're talking with Jordan Kilber, who's 27 years old, and Jessica Paschke, who's 25 years old. Their sister, Jenna, died pretty suddenly. You'll hear their story. Um, she died at 13 of a glioblastoma, which is um, really the most serious form of a brain tumor and died pretty quickly after she got diagnosed. But they're joining us today on the podcast, which is which is really wonderful to talk about sibling grief because sibling grief is not something that's well understood. Um, it's it's hard as these girls will will testify to. It's hard to find support for it. And so their family is very involved with Brighter Days Grief Center in Minneapolis, which is a wonderful place to um to look up but they have they'll share their story and so for those who have lost a sibling we want you to know that your grief so matters to us at cwk and i'm so grateful we get to interview them all right well let's listen to that interview right now today we are talking on the conversations with kelly podcast about sibling grief and we have joining us today um, Jordan and Jessica. Jordan is 27 and her sister Jessica is 25. Their sister Jenna died of a brain tumor. And would you guys, one of you, be willing to kind of give us the story a little bit? I know that um, I consider Jenna's death to be pretty sudden, even though it was from a brain tumor. So some people may not understand that it was sudden. But will, will you guys tell us a little bit about Jenna how old she was when she died and what you remember about that time when she died. Yeah. Um, it was very, very sudden for our family too. Um, there really weren't any signs or symptoms kind of like leading up to, um, I guess we think of it as like the worst Sunday of our life. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, just kind of looking back, um, she just had some interesting things happening during that day. Um, she was falling asleep a lot. She was having like some problems with her right side of her body. Um, and so then my parents took her down to children's hospital and they kind of rushed her into an MRI and things just really kind of escalated super quickly after that. And they, um, brought her into brain surgery right away. And, um, yeah, after that, she, um, never woke up. Um, and she was put into a coma from there. Um, and yeah, after that it was, yeah, it was, I think they said like 36 hours from knowing that it was glioblastoma to, um, when she died. So it was Mm. extremely sudden for, yeah, everybody. It was just like a normal Sunday and then, um, it wasn't, I guess. So yeah, it was, 
um, super sudden. She was 13, um, okay. about a month away from her birth, her 14th birthday. So, mm. um, And when was that? Um, that she, died she died on September 25th. Okay, in what yep, year? 2018. Okay, so are Sundays hard for you guys? Um, I wouldn't say Sundays are. Um, definitely September's are hard. October's yeah. are hard. That's the birthday month. Um, but just, I would just say like the emptiness and just like the constant missing of her is, is really hard. Right. And so, and she was your baby sister, right? There were significant amounts of um, years between you guys. So did you often yeah. kind of see yourselves as, as somewhat motherly or did it feel more sister? Yeah, yeah definitely. So Jordan, like you said, she's uh, 27, I'm 25. Um, so we're a year and a half apart, technically in age. Okay. And then nine years later is when Jenna was born. And so mm. we were definitely, you know, to the age where we remember it. Like it was yesterday when she was born. We definitely, you know, had that maternal bond with her as, as well as yeah. a sibling bond. Um, like we remember changing her diapers and we remember oh. playing with her on the floor and, you know, watching her turn one and hit, you know, those milestones and stuff like that. So there's definitely those. Um, two different bonds there that we're kind of missing out on that sisterly bond and also that maternal bond because she was our baby. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that's a really an interesting thing. And I, I bet people listening when they hear this are also going to share in that dual relationship because sometimes siblings are years apart from each other. And so that's a really interesting part to look at when you're grieving you kind of have these layers of grief, right? Like there was a mm -hmm. part where you were a caregiver for her as well as a sister, as well as a friend and all of those things. Definitely. Um, yeah. One of the things you guys, when I work as a, so I'm a grief therapist and one of the, the things I will often hear from siblings, they refer to themselves as the forgotten mourners because they're in a family and sometimes the siblings can feel like the parents grief or even the grandparents' grief comes before theirs. Can you talk mm -hmm. a little bit about, was there any kind of hierarchy in the family that you felt when it came to grief? Um, in terms of sometimes we can say, well, we don't want to upset our mom and dad by showing our grief because they already have enough going on that we don't want them yeah. to feel burdened by us. Did you guys experience that? I would say um, we're a really kind of tight-knit family, and I think we're super open and like sharing our grief and our sadness and like our love of Jenna and sharing stories. So I wouldn't say like um, any worry in that way, like towards upsetting my parents because we okay. all love talking about Jenna, but I would say that we both have felt like the forgotten kind of grievers yeah. in the whole situation of, you know, immediately people would ask like, how are you doing? But then the immediate follow-up question is always, how are your parents or how is your yes. mom? You know, yes. and I think the focus is more on them, um, yes. which is I totally understandable. Um, I don't like get upset with people when they ask that, but it's definitely, you know, kind of like, oh, like we're grieving too. It's just in a different type of a way. Mm -hmm. um, like we all have that kind of hole in our hearts. But yeah, mm -hmm. I would definitely say we kind of feel like the forgotten grievers. Yeah. Forgotten grievers. And especially I think too, just with our age, um, like our friends haven't gone through any sort of a major loss 
or um, death in the family. And so I think it's just hard for our friends to, to like understand what we're going through and like to be able to help us in a way because they don't, they have no idea what to say or do. Exactly. And so you bring up a really good point for the people that are listening that maybe, and you know, when we're talking sibling grief, this can apply to everything, right? Like your sibling maybe was two or your sibling maybe was 40, any age, I think it, it can apply. What advice would you give to the support people that maybe have a friend or a neighbor or a coworker that lost a sibling? What you were just saying, I think is so profound, like ask the question, how you know, how are you doing today with your sister dying or with your brother dying? And then maybe just let them answer and leave it at that. Yeah, I would, yeah, I would say the biggest thing that helped me would be when people would bring her up. And I know that's Mm -hmm. so scary for people on the outside and people that almost don't want to bring her up. They don't, you know, want to upset us or whatever. But the best thing was when people would bring her up. When people would ask, mm. hey, how are you? Or, oh, I was thinking about Jenna the other day. Or, oh, yes. this reminded me of Jenna. I would be like, oh, my God, <laughs> you remembered her or whatever. Versus that is you're beautiful. totally avoiding bringing her up. I think that would right. be the, my biggest piece of advice to people is, yeah, it's uncomfortable. Or, yeah, it might be scary. But that's the best thing that people want to hear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so important to hear their sibling's name being said by other people, not just the family members. Absolutely. That is beautiful advice. And I, you know, I also, um, I was going to, one of the questions I was going to ask, and you just, you kind of said it, but I'd love to hear from the two of you, how do you handle it when people are avoiding talking about it? Do you kind of just allow that empty space to be, or have you had people in your life where you can say to them, I really need you to talk to me more about Jenna? Yeah. Um, I would say I have like a group of friends who consistently asks about her and how I'm doing. And I just feel like so comfortable talking with them Mm -hmm. about her. And I feel like I can just text them and be like, Hey, I'm having a rough day and, you know, just share something with them. Um, But there's definitely others that never bring her up. And so I just feel like almost like I can't talk to them about her because they're going to just feel so uncomfortable and awkward. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It's definitely an interesting balance of trying to figure out, like, who you can talk to and maybe who isn't the right type of a person for that. But, um, yeah, I think it becomes very obvious who you can share things with and who you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It, it may be unclear to people who have not experienced the loss, but once you have, it becomes very evident. Okay, this yes. is a person that I can share these things with. This is a person that really doesn't care. And there yeah. are people that, you know, really don't care. Right, and right. don't want to talk about it. Or they tire of it, right? Which right. is like for those of us that have had major losses, we know that it's going to be lifelong. Like it's something that we don't get to just turn on and off um, Mm -hmm. because we get tired of it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and so one of, one of the other dynamics that I think we should talk about is when, so I've worked with some siblings that have really struggled with guilt because they got in a fight with their sibling prior to the death 
And so they have kind of gone around beating themselves up. And I, and I know that that can be a dynamic because when si- siblings are like no other relationship, right? I mean, mm-hmm. for good or bad, whatever, but it's a very unique relationship. Any, is, has that happened with you? Have you guys gone back and kind of thought about times um, that maybe you would have been different with Jenna or situations that you wish were different? Um, I don't have any specific situations regarding like fighting and that kind of stuff. However, Mm -hmm. I do feel guilt because I was able to get my driver's license and I was able to go to prom and, Mm -hmm. you know, do all these cool, fun things. And I just feel a lot of guilt around being able to experience more life and having my entire life in front of me. Mm -hmm. Um, There are days when I'm like, I just wish Jenna could do this and oh she would have been this age now and she would have been driving and so I I feel a lot of guilt around that that I was able to experience a lot of life milestones and things to that nature and Jenna was unable to yeah yeah that's survivor's guilt that's what we call Mm -hmm. that and so um that's that's actually I'm so glad you brought that up because I think people will really resonate with that and in a lot of grief stories. But one of the things mm-hmm. I, because I've worked with people who are dying for so many years, one of the things I can offer when people talk to me about survivor's guilt is that um, because people who are dying, and that that's the unfortunate part about Jenna's story is you didn't get to have these conversations with her, right? Like she was in the hospital and she went from talking to not talking. Mm-hmm. And you were robbed of that ability to communicate with her. And that in and of itself, you know, the loss started way before her death, right? I mean, it started hours before that where Mm -hmm. you couldn't talk to her about, oh, Jenna, I wish you could go to prom or I wish you could go. And what I'm guessing would have come from her, which comes from a lot of people that are dying, is that do it in my honor. So Mm -hmm. when you're going to prom, you know, I don't know, have a purple something. Cause I know she loved purple or, you know, when you get your driver's license, like do these things in my honor, you can both hold the space for the grief and yes, wish that she could do it. But also I've not yet met a person dying that has said, I want my family to stop living and to feel guilty about these things. I'd rather them do this with honor and think of me when they're doing it and be grateful for these things and hold me close, but certainly live, um, live in my honor. Yeah. I definitely feel that like so true for Jenna. And, Hmm. um, we always talk about how we're like, so kind of almost like thankful if that's the right word that she didn't know that she had that brain tumor and didn't, you know, have to go through all of that suffering. We like are very thankful in that way. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, then it kind of, made our grief process maybe a little bit different um but yeah I would definitely say that we've like been honoring her and just kind of like what you were saying and living in her memory um yeah like we have purple everywhere um (laughs) I know at my mom and dad's house there's purple flowers everywhere in the garden and every um all of that and we have Jenna's list hung up at home and I have it um in my classroom at school and I know a lot of her friends that are on the swim team 
you know, write on their hands for every meet, like swim for Jenna. And so it's just very evident that people are honoring her and remembering her and just doing things in her memory. Yes. So natural to feel the, oh, I wish she could do this. But I'm also glad to hear that. And I think it's important for other siblings to hear this too, is that we do still want to keep living, um, even within that space of grief and do it in her honor. Like, you know what, Jenna, today I am going to go to prom and I'm going to really, um, feel grateful for it. And I'm just going to sit for a moment during the night and I'm going to think of you, but I'm going to go and I'm going to have fun in your honor. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to go and I'm going to, you know, somehow honor you. And I think that's, that's where, we end up landing in this world of grief is that how do we incorporate or integrate such a magnitude as large as Jenna Dine into our lives and how do we continue to bring her in um, and to honor her? And I, I know just through your mom that you guys have done a beautiful job of that, you know, and I think sometimes families can get scared um, of what might happen if they honor them like, Oh, will we get really over emotional if we do a walk in their name or will we, it's like, we have to face the grief. And I, I will say, and I don't know your experience, but when I've done that in honor of my loved ones, I've always been happy. I've done it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That's exactly how we feel too. <laughs> yeah. Like there, I and think so, it's hard initially, but we always enjoy the experience and are so yeah. happy afterwards. And you know, then I feel like everyone's just talking about Jenna and we just see a lot of joy in that. <laughs> Right. Cause you gravitate towards that. And you know, what, have you guys ever looked at like Jeffrey and I always talk about on the podcast, this, if you look at the sympathy cards in the lot, in the stores, like, did you guys ever receive a really meaningful, I'm sorry, your sister died card or was it more general? Um, honestly, I don't feel like we had a lot of them addressed to us. It was more so to my parents. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I can't even. Yeah, I had a, one. I had a few friends send me cards, but I, if I'm remembering correctly, they were more general. Okay. So another yeah. tip, right. For like, send the siblings a card, their own card. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's because we can just kind of blanket it into the family, right? Like to the family of Jenna. Yeah. yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's nice, but that helps you not feel so isolated and not like the forgotten griever, as you guys were talking about earlier. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's so important for siblings. I mean, I hope, I hope that makes an impact on a lot of people when they hear this, because everyone is going to know somebody who loses a sibling, whether they're a, a teenager, a child, or older adult. People are going to lose siblings, and I do think siblings, especially when parents are still living they be kind of come, you know, they become kind of that second tier. The mm-hmm. parents are the most important, which we understand it's a significant loss. But I think you guys said it so beautifully when people say, how are you? And then they jump right away to how are your parents? Right. You know? Yeah. And that's the question that, you know, we don't know how to answer as siblings. Right. Like, how do you think my mom is doing? Exactly. You know, so it's one of those things where it's like, I don't even feel I can answer this because I don't know. It's just one of those questions that are, it's very hard to have asked. Yes. Um, of you to answer. Yeah. Um, and you're, I imagine it must be so 
beautiful for your mom and your dad to share life with the two of you where you're willing to talk about it and mm -hmm. you're willing to talk about Jenna and how it impacts you because that is probably a very sacred space is to be able to talk about her because I know they go out into the world and they experience what you experience. People aren't necessarily bringing it up anymore or mm -hmm. they run it, they run into them at target and it's like, Oh, well, she looks like she's having a good day. I don't want to bring up Jenna's name because it'll upset her. And I will say a hundred out of a hundred times. It's like, they have not forgotten that their person died. Right. And you bringing it up is not going to remind them. Um, it's not going to remind them that they died. It's going to remind them that they lived by bringing up their name. And that's why it's so important that we continue to do that. Yeah, I think you just said that perfectly. We talk about that all the time. It's like people are afraid to bring her up. And it's like, mm -hmm. oh, trust me, we have not forgotten like, exactly. what happened. And, yeah, exactly. You know, so it's just like, if I could just like tell people, like, like say their name, like ask specific questions about the person or like just send like a text to the sibling and say like, hey, I was, you know, thinking about uh -huh. Jenna today when I saw, you know, whatever. Yes. You know, that's just like, it's such a quick, easy thing to do that actually is so meaningful and yeah. just shows that people haven't forgotten that people really do still care. Of course. Now, how have your, how's had, how's your relationship changed? The two of Jordan and Jessica, like, have you guys changed your dynamics since Jenna died? I think we've become a lot closer than we previously mm -hmm. were. Um, granted, we've always been close in age and, you know, grew up together. Yeah. Um, but I would say we've realized that, wow, like, we really need to stick together. Like, mm -hmm. um we've realized how important one another is to each other. So mm -hmm. I can't imagine, um, you know, going through life without Jordan. And, mm -hmm. you know, I can't imagine going through life, the rest of my life without Jenna. So uh, yeah. we've realized how important each other are and just stick together and that, you know, we can get through anything, <laughs> you know, if it's we stick true. together. It's true. Um, and I imagine and that's just you have kind of the constant reminder that, yeah, I imagine you, know, you have amazing perspective on things too. Mm -hmm. The things that your friends might be complaining about. Oh yeah. Are, you know, or even you hear people complaining about, it's kind of like, whatever, you know, yeah. Um, I, I had, yeah, I had a really hard time with that. Um, specifically after she passed away, I had a really hard time hearing other people complain about things. Um, mm -hmm. you know, little day-to-day -day things at work or, you know, complaining yes. about their kids or their sibling. I had a really, really hard time with that because, yes. you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, actually it was in the front of my mind. <laughs> in the front of my mind, <laughs> right. I was like, okay, there's a lot worse things in life. There's a lot worse things that could be happening today. Um, yeah. You're, um, you know, I was just like, oh, just be grateful. But, you know, everyone has their own perspective on their day and right. I have to be mindful of that. And I've, you know, learned to cope with that as well um but right. yeah, i definitely put perspective into how we you know live our lives each and every day yes isn't that well that is the opportunity jeffrey you're shaking your head yes he's just taking all of this in what are you thinking <laughs> oh he has his mic off okay well that's what he's thinking he's just taking <laughs> it all in and shaking his head yes so um it's just it's really resonating for sure um 
tell me, and I know we're going to be wrapping this up. You guys have done beautiful, but can each of you tell me how grief has changed you? What's one way grief has changed you? Oh my! We only can pick one, <laughs> yeah, right? I know um, exactly. Like what? What? When you think about this experience and your, how you're different, because we are going to be different, and sometimes it's, you know, it, well, I won't even, I won't even go there in terms of I don't want to project anything. So just tell, just tell us, like how how are you different? I think I've become more aware and. Accepting of other people's grief. Mm-hmm. Um, I think growing up, I did not take it as seriously as I probably should have because I had never experienced it. Um, sure. I had a friend whose father passed away, and that was, I want to say, in like end of middle school, maybe beginning of high school. I can't remember off the top of my head. But I truly did not understand. And yes, I was young, but I truly yeah. did not understand what it was like to lose someone because at that point, all of my grandparents were still around. Okay. I had never lost someone close to me. You know, I'd been to a couple of funerals, but they're always of people, right. You know, right. extended family members that I had never met or, yep. you know, formed a relationship with. So I think through experiencing grief firsthand, it has made me definitely realize you know, everybody is going through this in their way. Mm-hmm. It has made me more accepting of how people act and how people grieve differently. That's beautiful. And and that, that, that awareness is going to carry you through the rest of your life because, mm-hmm. right, the more people we know, the more loss that we're going to be exposed to. And mm-hmm. you learned at a pretty early age this very invaluable gift of how grief is it, it is it's it's the price we pay for loving people and yet it's mm-hmm. it's it's probably it is the hardest thing you go through and in life and that you also um when you say you become more aware and accepting of them that that will also teach you i know for me with my early grief of my mom dying i I gravitate towards people that have experienced loss. Like it's, they're kind of like my people, you know, and Mm -hmm. they get it. But I also am very quick to realize that even 15 years out, 20 years out, I'm still going to talk about that person with them because Mm -hmm. that person remains, you know, that hole remains there. And I'm also realizing that everybody, as you said, does it differently some people maybe don't at 15 years, they don't want to talk about their person anymore. They kind of want to mm-hmm. be like done with it. And some people might just be starting the journey of talking about them, you know? So yeah. it is so different. Mm-hmm. I would say for me, um, kind of sounds cliche, but like I've just learned to like seriously treasure every moment that you have with um, your family and friends. Mm-hmm. Um And, like, I never leave a gathering without giving hugs and, like, saying I love you. And, like, even every phone call, like, to my mom or dad or just, like, I always end it with, all right, love you, you know, see you later. Like, I never not do that now. And it's just, Mm -hmm. like, I think Jenna's dying was just so sudden that, I mean, it was truly, we left watching the Vikings game on a Sunday. 
you know, and she was there, you know, and then I'm at the hospital mm. later that night. So it's just like so cliche, yeah, but just to like really cherish every moment that you have with yeah, your family I mean, and your friends. Absolutely. And just don't, don't leave without giving a hug, you know, and saying I love you. And just as, mm. or Jenna's um, tagline was always like, you know, you'd say I love you and she would always say I love you more. Like that's mm. just always said that. And mm. I think I am, I'm always remembering that as well. You know, um, Jordan and Jess, you've been truly beautiful. This is going to be very, very helpful um, for many, many people. And I think even just doing a podcast on sibling grief, I want people to hear like, we really value this and we really recognize this. And I know we're just kind of chipping at the ice, you know, the tip of the iceberg. And maybe we'll have to do another one um, because I think people are going to listen to this and think, oh my gosh, because it's, it is hard to find stuff on sibling grief and I'm not even in sibling grief and I know it's Mm -hmm. hard, you know? And so I really appreciate you taking the time. And I just, the minute you said that I got like this immediate, like I just could hear Jenna saying right now, I love you two more, Mm -hmm. you know, just like, I just feel somehow she's present. I don't know. It's just after you said that, I just, I can just see her smiling. I've seen her pictures. Um, darling, darling girl. Yeah. And, um, Oh, she's so cute. And she'll kind of forever be that age. Right. Cause when they die at a certain age, they kind of always remind you. I mean, even though she'd be older, you'll always think of her as that age. And I can just see her right now. I love you two more. And how (laughs) proud she must be like, you know, mm-hmm. through her death now, you guys can come through and support other siblings. So truly so grateful to you guys. Do you guys have any last things you want to say or questions? Um, one thing I wanted to say is um, if there are any siblings out there that are struggling to find resources or struggling to talk to someone or just need, you know, ears to listen to them, like I'm always available. You can always email me. We can Skype. We can, you know. Because sibling resources resources are hard to find. And, you know, there's not a lot of groups out there. There's, you know, close to zero groups (laughs) that um, support sibling groups, sibling grief. So I'm always available. I think that's beautiful. So both of you, thank you, truly. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. We are super thankful and I'm just happy to talk about Jenna and how we can help other people too. Hmm. Well, the honor is mine and Jeffrey's big purple hugs to you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) All right, you guys, we'll talk soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this CWK podcast. It's our hope that these words bring comfort, healing, and insight to your life, wherever you are and whatever you're experiencing. Please subscribe and share this episode. You can also follow and like Conversations with Kelly on Facebook. One quick note, we've done our best to share some ideas, tips, and techniques to help guide you. This podcast's content is not intended to be a substitute for or constitute professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We encourage you to seek professional medical advice if needed. Thank you.